welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. I'm going to continue with part two of a series that I started last week called Access All Areas. Thanks for remembering. Thank you. Fantastic. We have a, a scripture in Hebrews 4.16 that I would like you all to turn to now, please. So Hebrews 4.16, if you don't have it, it'll be up on the screen. Hebrews 4.16, up on the screen. Sorry. Thank you. Simply says this, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This passage is telling us that those of us who are Christians... Those of us who love Jesus can approach Him and find Him anytime we want for what we need. What an incredible privilege. What an incredible privilege. No wonder this place is called the throne of grace. It's an amazing privilege. Last week I shared how most of us have had access to places that we don't normally have a privilege to access. I talked about how I used to love accessing the backstage of concerts. It was really good. Uh, I did the whole, who's watched Wayne's World? Anyone, yeah? I met pop stars and I did that. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I did that. I hate to confess that. But this week, I had access to creation, to the privilege of creation. I became a dad last week. It's an incredible privilege. But I tell you, it gave me access to the wonder of creation. Don't anyone tell me that we're an accident. Don't anyone tell me that we evolved from gases. I'll tell you, I looked at this baby and he gave me access to what is to, to creation, to the wonder of creation. So I want to talk again today about this incredible access that we have because the throne of grace gives us access to the best of God. It gives us access to His love, His goodness, His faithfulness, His righteousness, His justice, His mercy, everything. That's why I've called these access all areas because the throne of grace gives us access to the best that God has for all of us. So last week, we looked at what we find when we enter the grace, the throne of grace. And the first thing that we see is this, Jesus. It has to be based on this foundation. If we don't see Jesus, we miss the point. The throne of grace is just an empty chair. We need to realize that as we enter the throne of grace, as we approach the th- throne of grace, the first finding is Jesus. We need to be a people that are happy to seek the blessor, not just a blessing. So we enter the throne of grace and we worship and see Jesus in all his splendor. I don't know where you think Jesus is right now. I don't know if you think he's hung on a cross or if he's some spirit somewhere or if he was a good man that lived a long time ago. But let me tell you that right now, at this moment, Jesus is on his throne, receiving the worship of angels at this very moment because he is high and lifted up. Revelation 5, 11, 12 tells us this. This is John speaking. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000, which is 100,000. I did some research. They encircled the throne. This is the throne of grace. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain, worthy to receive power 
and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's what's happening right now in heaven. That's where Jesus is right now, on his throne, receiving the worship that he's worthy of. This morning, we joined the heavenly hosts. We joined the entire of the spiritual world, and we joined in worship of Jesus Christ. What an incredible privilege. And when we approach this throne of grace, that's where we enter. We enter in holy worship of Jesus. And we see Jesus in all his splendor, in the fullness of his splendor. Last week I talked about the fact that only Jesus can be on that throne because only Jesus is worthy to be on that throne. He is sitting on that throne as king. Remember we talked about that. Jesus is king, king of all creation. He is ruling and reigning on his throne right now. Just like a king rules and reigns over his kingdom, Jesus is ruling and reigning over his creation, which is you, which is me, which is his universe. And nothing can happen without him allowing it to happen because he is the king of this universe. So we enter, approach the throne of grace, we see Jesus the king. We also see Jesus the warrior. Jesus is the warrior who came to defeat sin and death. Our two biggest enemies have been defeated by Jesus the warrior. He's sitting on his throne as a conquering, victorious warrior who's defeated all of our enemies. And I tell you, he still lives and to intercede and to fight all of our enemies right now. He wants to destroy your enemies. Do you realize that? That your King Jesus is a warrior that wants to fight on your behalf. Where you can't do, he wants to take over. He wants to fight for you where you're not strong enough, where you lack faith, where you lack strength, where you lack wisdom and courage. Jesus wants to step in and he says to you, I am your warrior. Will you accept me? That's why the psalmist David was, I'm a bit pumped this morning. I, tell you, I love this topic. I love this topic. That's why psalmist was, the psalmist David was able to say, I have set the Lord before me always. Because he's at my right, I will never be shaken. We have this incredible king warrior sitting on his throne who wants to fight on our behalf. As we approach the throne of grace, we see Jesus, the priest, the greatest high priest, the greatest priest that's ever walked this earth, the greatest priest because he's gone through the heavens. He belonged to heaven, came and lived with us and died for us. That's why he's the greatest priest. But he's also the greatest priest because unlike other priests, he didn't offer the sacrifice of animals. He offered himself as a sacrifice. That's why he is the greatest king, uh, the greatest priest, and he lives to intercede for us. He's also a judge. When we enter the throne room of grace, we need to see that Jesus, the judge, is sitting on it. And he will judge us. He will judge us not according to how good we are, how bad we are, how righteous we are, how incredible we are. He won't judge us for that. He will judge us according to the fact whether or not we place our faith on him or not. That's what we find. That is the first finding as we enter, as we approach the throne of grace. It has to be based on that. We have to see Jesus in all his glory, in the fullness of his splendor, in all that he is. Now, today we're going to continue looking at this verse, because like I said, to me it's a very exciting verse. And um, Hebrews 16 continues to explain to us how how we actually enter this throne of grace. And it's a simple point, but I love it for that simplicity. It simply says this. It says, let us then approach the throne of grace. Let us 
approach the throne of grace. That means that we need to get off our thrones to be able to approach his throne. That means we need to be able to acknowledge that he has a throne, but sometimes we have a throne. And to be able to access him, we actually have to be bold enough. We have to be faithful enough. We have to be humble enough to be able to get off our throne of our lives, of our throne, and approach his holy throne. To be able to approach his throne, we have to be able to get off ours so that we can find him. One of the reasons why we forfeit the grace that could be ours is for that very reason. It's because we neglect to get off our throne. Oh yes, we say, Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Yeah, be my Savior. But is he? Do we turn to him for every desire, for every decision, for every thought, for every plan? Do we actually get off our throne and say, Jesus, I come to you. You sitting on your holy throne, and Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my lives, my life in every situation. To be able to access Him, we need to realize that He's there, but we also need to realize that we need to get off our throne and approach His throne. That's why it says, Let us then approach. He won't approach us. He's made himself available. But we need to take that first step of faith. We need to take that first approach and approach Him and allow Him to rule and reign over our lives. Otherwise, we may be guilty of a certain young lady that we're about to see. We may be guilty like her. We're about to watch a little scenario that I think many of us are going to be able to identify. I know I do. I know this is the story of my life day after day. And uh, it's a wonderful little scenario, and I hope that you guys really, really enjoy it. So let's pay careful attention. Hey, Jesus, thanks for meeting with me. No worries. Vicky, what have, what have you got there? Well, I have decided to give you this. Wow. I know. You know what this means, don't you? I think so, yeah. Whoever sits on this seat gets to make all the decisions. I know. And I'm always sitting here and I'm making these decisions and I end up in this place I didn't really want to be. And then I thought, like a duh, give it to Jesus. He makes all the right decisions. Well, that makes sense. I know. So that's why I'm giving it to you as a gift. Wow. Well, well, I'm honoured. No, no, no. I'm (laughs) honoured. Well, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll sit here yes. and uh, get comfortable and yeah. start making decisions. Yeah, and whatever you want, that's what I want. If that's what you want. That's exactly what I want. Your hair. Vicky, Vicky. <gasps> hey, Sam. I got a new credit card. Time to go shopping. <gasps> oh, hey, uh, weren't you guys working on reducing your debt? Was that... Yeah, but, but what he doesn't know won't hurt him. Oh, so are you okay. coming? No. 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 I mean, I, mean I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, like I sort of really need to check my calendar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel really busy this week. Call but, me. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Okay, see you, darling. Okay. Um, Vicky, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of uh, one-cheeking it here. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, that's so weird. I was like talking to Sam about going shopping and stuff, and you said no. I thought that was a little strange. But that was my decision. Yes, but uh, but uh, doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but you did want me to sit here, didn't you? Well, yes, that's why I gave it to you as a gift. <laughs> that's what I thought. And whoever yeah. gets to sit here gets to make all the decisions. So what's the problem? 
well, it's just going shopping with Sam. She's my friend. It's all good, you know. Credit card, that's just a little detail. <laughs> Vicky, look, let's make sure we're on the same page here. Yep. Uh, it's either me sitting here or it's you. Well, it's you. Of course, it's you. <laughs> okay, well, well, that's what I thought. Look, I'll tell yeah. you what, let's start again. Yeah. Clean slate, okay. fresh start. Me and you, okay. we can do this. Here yes. we go. Okay. okay, seriously, whatever you say to do, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm talking yep. about. <laughs> hey, Vicky, how's oh, it going? Sean's great. Yeah, good. Good. Vicky, I need some help. Oh, hang on. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I can help. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah. Well, Vicky, I was yeah. on the phone to Grandma the other day. Oh, I love your granny. She's so cute. Yeah, Grandma's yeah. great. She really yeah. rocks it. Anyway, Grandma, I was talking to Grandma, and, and she was, I was saying, she was saying on the phone that she, the ladies down at the nursing home. They're feeling a little bit sad. Oh, so I got to thinking, I was yep. thinking, you know, it would be something not be great to do something nice for them. Yeah. Uh, because ladies need something good for them so once in a while. Yes. And I thought we'd throw a bit of a a, a spa day for them. <gasps> Take all the grannies to a spa, that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah. Love no, it, love no, it. No, no, oh. no. I can't afford that. Oh. What do so you mean? I thought we'd bring the spa day to the nursing home. Oh, what do you mean? Well what I mean, I thought I'd get a couple of my friends together, oh. right? <laughs> yeah. And I thought we'd do some pedicures and oh. manicures and yeah. Work on those long, nasty, thick yellow nails with the fungus growing under them. Maybe the paint scraper could get underneath oh, those nails, oh. right? And then there's the toenails. Oh, my goodness. They probably oh. haven't seen the light of day. You'd probably need a 1,500-watt power sander to work on those little babies. And then there's the corns and bunions. Oh. They won't, they, they're going to take a lot oh. of work. Another scraper would go on that. What I thought you could do probably is work on their heads and massage the scalp oh, with boy. The flaky oh. dead skin. Oh. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Oh. Can I, I need some help. Oh, no, yeah, really busy. Yes. No, no, really can't yes, do you that. Can. No, I can't. Can't do that. Vicky, I haven't even asked you which day yet. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sunday. That'll work. Oh, no, that won't work at all. Sunday, it's church. Then uh, nap time, day of rest. Follow the commandments. Really? Nap time. <laughs> yes. Okay. What about Wednesday night after prayer meeting? Even better. Oh, no, that's even worse. Like, you know, midweek. Got to sell my list of things to do. It's so long this week. Really? Sorry. Yes. I'd be very hungry, too. Look, I'll yes. tell you what. I've got the whole month of August. How about that? Oh, August? Um, no, that's really, really busy. Like, it's like term three. That's like my busiest term. <gasps> Significant woman conference. That's like a whole day and a half. No free time at all in August. None whatsoever. Right. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what. You ring me and yep. tell me when you can Sounds fit good. it in. Yeah, great. Look, I'll send Granny a card. It's all yeah, good. You yeah, do excellent. that. Thanks, Thanks, Vicky. Bye. See ya. Thanks, Sean. Vicky, I, I don't think this is working. What? Well, you're sitting in the seat. <gasps> oh, Jesus. Oh, that's so weird. Oh. Well, you know, I was just talking to Sean and he was talking about his granny. I love his granny. But then he started talking about nails and scraping and fungus and corns and bunions and I threw up a little in my mouth. Oh, it's not good. But, but no, Vicky, but here's the thing. I said yes. Yes, and that's what I'm getting at. That is completely wrong. I cannot do what you're asking me to do. Look, Vicky, sometimes you're not going to understand my decisions and you might not even agree, even agree with them, but you did want me to sit on the seat. Well, yes, that's why I gave it to you as a gift. Well, we can't both sit there. It's either me or it's you. Well, it's you. Oh, Jesus, I did not realise this would be quite so difficult. I, I really thought your decisions would be a lot like mine. <laughs> But, but I do want you to have it. I, I, I want you to sit there. I do. And I want to sit there. But you've got to make a choice. You've got to give it to me. It's yours. I'm sure. 
Okay, you can sit there. as long as you're sure. I'm sure. Let's try once again. Okay, Vicky. Yes. Let's let's talk about the fifty dollars that you took from your husband's wallet. Fifty dollars? Gee, don't remember that. Uh, you know, it was just this morning, and the fifty dollars. Oh, gotcha. Jesus seal. No, oh, yes. Well, you know, it's a bit like this. What are you doing? We're married. What's his is mine. What's mine is his. It doesn't really matter. But, but Vicky, it's, well, it's wrong. Well, it's not yours. Yes, but yeah. But, but you've got to give it back. But then you'd know I took it. But it's been on me anyway. Vicky, this isn't working. What? If you want to sit there, just sit there. But it's yours. I gave it to you as a gift. But you keep taking it back. But, but I do want you to have it. I want you to make the decisions. Then you've got to make a choice. You've got to give it to me. It's yours. I want you to have it. Okay, well, give it to me. Okay, you take it. <laughs> you, you've got to let it go. You, you just take it. <laughs> Vicky, make a choice. I can't. You just did. Oh, come on, it's a bigger hand than that. Come on. And it's funny because it's true. Let us approach his throne to be able to do that. We need to actually give it to him. We need to be able to get off our throne. As it was so very well portrayed, he will allow us to make the decision. It's up to us whether we do so. We need to be able to get off. Will we get off and allow him to take his rightful place? Or will we allow Jesus to sit half cheek? <laughs> I'll stop as I ask. Or to sit fully on, his, on the throne. It's up to us. We often say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Be Lord and Savior. And we take the grace and we, we take the promise and we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But are we willing to get off? Are we willing to allow him to take that incredible place? Or are we going to try to take it back? Because we love the promises of God. We love all the blessing. We love all the good stuff. But what about when Jesus disagrees with us? <gasps> As we saw Vicky freaking out. Jesus, you, I thought you'd, you'd agree with me. I thought it was all about me. I thought it was my comfort. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was my blessing. What about when Jesus brings that conviction in our lives about the things that we've done, those things that we need to set right? And I tell you, I stand before you as a man who has things that I still have to set right with certain people. I'm no different. This is just a reminder that we can actually do that. We've been called to do that. But it's a throne of grace. So as we take courage, as we become bold enough to approach it, as we become humble enough to approach it, that should be our confidence. That should be the drawing card, the fact that it's actually a throne room of grace that Jesus has called us to approach. I, I often get mesmerized with my own behavior and also when I speak to other people as well because we make plans. 
We have thoughts, we have dreams, we have ideas. We have big decisions to make. And it's incredible how often, even when I speak to people and I hear that they've weighed everything up, they've weighed costs, they've weighed sacrifice, they've weighed time, they know exactly how much everything is going to take, they've thought about everything, they've gone back to and fro, and they they still can't make make a decision. And I go, "I, I just don't know what to do in this area. And I ask them, have you asked Jesus what he thinks? It's incredible how many times there's a blank look. Oh, Surely that's got to be our first. That's got to be our first step. Surely, if he, if we're going to approach his throne, surely that needs to be our first step. So let's remember this simple verse. It simply says, "Let us approach his throne." But to do that, we need to get off ours, realize that he's on his, allow him to take his rightful place on his. The next part of this verse is. Simple, but I think it's also brilliant. It simply says this. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. With confidence. Not double-mindedly, not doubtfully, not with worry, but we need to approach it with confidence. The Bible says that unless we ask in faith, we shouldn't expect to receive anything. We need to be confident that our Redeemer lives. We need to be confident that our Redeemer has asked us to approach for a reason. We need to be confident that He has asked us to step out in faith and approach Him. We need to be able to do it, not double-mindedly. We won't get the blessing otherwise. We need to be able to step out in faith and say, Jesus, I come to you. Lord, I come to you. We need to have that confidence. I tell you, those of us who are parents, we know how confident kids are at asking for things. And it's, you know, we probably shouldn't go that far, but we could learn something. You know, when kids want something, they look, mine, that's mine. Oh, that's for me. It's, it's, it's all me. It's mine. My daughter's fantastic at that. Last week, I was taking a bath. You know that moment when you're just about to relax and doze off? And you have that, you know, that little uh, thought God, gee, I hope no one disturbs me right now. And that's when somebody normally does. Well, I was in the bath. I was just about to relax and go, oh, you know, just totally unwind. My daughter bursts in and she says, Dad, I want a barbecue. <laughs> After I nearly drowned, I look it up and I'm there, what? It's, it's 8 o'clock in the morning to begin with. And she, she goes, I want a barbecue. And I'm, I'm trying to be graceful and I'm trying to be nice. And we're, we're dealing with the way she asks for things at the moment. And so I talk to her about it. And she just doesn't give up. She goes, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I still want a barbecue. No, 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 no. no. I need a barbecue. I really, really need and want a barbecue right now. I'm trying to explain to her. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm in the bath. She won't take no for an answer. That's confidence. That's courage, that's boldness. And I believe that's part of the confidence that we need to employ in our asking when we approach the throne of grace and know that it is our dad, not in a bathtub, but sitting on his throne of grace and we can approach with all the confidence that we can master because he has asked us to. That's why we approach with confidence. But it's not a sulky, kiddie, you know, tantrumly confidence. I believe that we have been asked to have a godly confidence. Uh, confidence. Almost like, 
a respectful son or a respectful daughter approaching their father respectful and saying, Dad, Dad, can I have this please? Dad, I want this. Dad, I really feel like I need this. I, I think that that's a picture of how God wants us to approach him with that godly confidence because he is our heavenly father. So it's not a tantrum confidence, but I think when, when, when we're asked to approach his throne with boldness and confidence, that's what I see. That's the picture that I see. I see a respectful son walking up to his father respectfully and saying, Dad, with reverence, with respect, but also with, with a confidence that Dad won't laugh, that Dad won't scold, but Dad will look down and give the right answer. And that should be our confidence. That confidence from the fact that God hears all our prayers, but also that he answers all our prayers. I love in Revelation how it talks about that there's a bowl full of the prayers of the saints. Do you realize that every single prayer that you've ever showed up to God, there's a record of it in heaven. Your prayers are recorded in heaven. God has a record of every single one of your prayers. No matter how long, if they were all night intercessory prayers or simple quick little prayers, God has a record of them. God hears your prayers, but even better still, he answers every single prayer. The answer will be yes, will be no, or will be not yet. But he will answer your prayers. He will answer you when you approach him. So approach him with confidence. Approach him with confidence because he's dad. And approach him with confidence because he will answer every single one of your prayers. So let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. This verse continues to tell us that we are to approach this throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's the crucial part of this teaching. Knowing that we've been invited, knowing who's sitting on this throne, knowing that he's asked us to approach him with confidence, knowing that he has paid such a big price. Do you remember when Jesus died? One of the first things that happened was that the temple curtain was torn in two. Remember that. That's how passionate God is about it. That's how much he wants you to approach him. That's how much he wanted to remove everything that stood between us and him. Prior to this, prior to this throne of grace, there was a temple that none of us could have entered. We, we couldn't enjoy the presence of God before Jesus came. There was a temple that a priest could enter once a year. And even then, he could only get so far and had to uh, do sacrifices, perform sacrifices. But now we have this open invitation. Jesus, God himself, has, has torn that curtain from top to bottom so that we know it was from him. It was he, he who did it so that we could remove everything that stood between us and him. That's where the confidence comes from. And that's why he's asked us, knowing all this, will we turn to him? Will we, will we turn to him first? Or will we turn to that despair that fear, that vice, that habit, that needle, that bottle, whatever it may be, whatever our vice may be, will we turn to those things first or are we going to accept this incredible offer, this incredible invitation that we can first turn to him, turn to this incredible throne of grace to find, as it tells us, mercy. 
We can turn to him and find mercy. Not judgment. Not condemnation. Not anything that is going to scare us. And the promise is unconditional. That's why it is a throne of grace. It's not based on your performance. It's not based on your righteousness. It's based on what he has done for us. That's why we're able to approach it to receive mercy. I need mercy. I needed saving mercy once and I received it. And now, man, I need mercy every day of my life. I need mercy because of my, some of my hideous thoughts, some of my hideous attitudes, some of, the, some of the hideous inclinations of my heart that I have to suppress, that I have to beat, that I have to try and kill. God, help me. God, forgive me. That's what we find. And that should also give us confidence. When you approach God, just remember that. You won't find what you've been told you're going to find. You won't find what the enemy tells you you're going to find. You won't find what you tell yourself you're going to find. You find mercy. Find mercy and you will find grace. You will find mercy and you will find grace. Not just saving grace. I love saving grace. It saved me once. But we also receive his incredible sustaining grace. His grace to sustain us. His grace so that we may be the fathers, the mothers, the spouses that we need to be. The workers, the friends, the ministers. We receive his sustaining grace. Which... I need. If I didn't have his sustaining grace, I would have blown it by now. I need his grace. I need his grace to help me. I need his grace to encourage me, to empower me. Paul was a man who wrote the majority of the New Testament. And he was a man that, boy, did he understand grace. Did he understand the power of grace? He understood that because of God's grace, he was able to fulfill his calling. Often he'd say, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the grace of God. The grace of God empowered him, enabled him to be who God had called him to be. Will we turn to his throne of grace to receive that grace that we may fulfill his plans and purposes for us? Paul also understood that his sustaining grace allowed him to confront situations that were difficult. Remember that story that talks about having that thorn on his side. And he's just heard God say, my grace is sufficient for you. And he took that. And he went, okay, that will do. We can do the same as well. We can approach the throne of grace and receive grace for whatever thorn we have on our sides. And we all have them. Sometimes the victory won't come straight away. I'm sorry to have to tell you. Sometimes the healing won't come straight away. I'm sorry to have to disappoint you. The Bible never promises that. The Bible promises that it may or it may not. And if it doesn't, if we have to wait a while, either we have, if we have to wait till the other side of eternity, there is something else available to us, which is just as good, which is just as victorious, which is his sustaining grace through any trial, through any temptation, through any situation. As Paul recognized his grace is sufficient for me, will we also recognize that there is grace available? Grace available for that situation, for that ailment, for that problem, for that fear, for that whatever that may be. Paul recognized that. I love that. Paul recognized his healing grace, his sustaining grace, 
He also recognized that even his, even his gifting was, was, was the grace of God. He said, by the grace of God, I'm able to preach to the Gentiles. He, he recognized the grace of God in every area of his life. We have this incredible gift available to us called God's sustaining grace that we may receive as we approach his throne of grace. Let's remember that. Let's focus on that. Let's redirect our focus and our attention on this incredible gift that we have. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.